0: Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 277, Curiosity, Thinking and Acting Outside the Box. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host... Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It's good to be back with you, and I hope you're having a good week. And I hope you enjoyed our podcast on water. I certainly enjoyed sharing it. And it feels as if this understanding of these more profound elements, such as this fourth phase water and maybe air, etc., It's really the way in which we're going to understand consciousness in a far greater way. And I'm looking forward to learning more about this fourth phase water and how it links to the psychic awareness and our health, mental, physical, and spiritual. One thing I failed to say was that when we have a good depth of this easy zone, this water, This is where our battery is. This is how our mitochondria stay healthy. This is where we get our energy from. So anything we can do that I mentioned in our last podcast to increase that zone of energy says that we have more energy to perform whatever we want and obviously better health. And today we're going to look at curiosity. One of my favorite subjects as I'm often saying that I am a curious, innocent child. I use that innocent being seen as in no sense or in a sense, that curious, intuitive child, the one that probably was always asking the questions, but why? But curiosity, as I want to describe, is not just about asking questions. It's about acting. It's about doing it and then learning from it. So that curiosity is the one where you say, I wonder what will happen if, and then you do it, and then you go, oh, is that what happened? (laughs) And then you make the decision whether to do it again. But it isn't only about thinking or learning information or downloading information. It's actually acting on that information. And we often use the example of this as a creative experience. And I think often creativity has been seen as something that you have to be an artist or a musician, but creativity is actually taking that idea and experiencing it, expressing it, having the embodiment of it, and then learning from it. And sadly, I think that last phase of, what am I going to learn from this experience that I've just had, is often missing in our vocabulary and our teachings where it's, well, why don't you just try and change what you experienced? Or why don't you just feel what you've experienced rather than what did you learn? And the important thing about curiosity and this whole event of creative curiosity, as I could call it, is that this is what we're all looking at in our lives, which is is this event is this relationship is whatever i'm doing in my work allowing me to be creative to expand my awareness to learn from that to help me to grow and i think that's something that we should all be asking ourselves every day is how did i grow today in my consciousness what did i learn about myself not just what did i learn about the world because we, of course, create what's out there in the world. But what did I learn about myself? How did my soul grow? And that can be, well, I learned never to do that again. (laughs) Or I learned, wow, I really like that. I'm going to do it again. But it's that continual refining in an objective way of, okay, I had that experience. That's what I felt. This is what I took in. Now what do I want to do with this? And this is real critical thinking that i'm going to be talking about in a little bit more detail bef- in a moment but before i go there let's just have a quick look at what the astrology is doing and of course the major shift is at last pluto going into aquarius for a longer period of time than it did last year and it's really going in there now for a much many decades so Pluto going in on the 20th, almost the same time as the Sun is also going to Aquarius. So we're having this really powerful Sun-Pluto conjunction at exactly the same degrees as we had a conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn at the solstice of December 2020. Okay, so it's almost like that Jupiter-Saturn was an expansion of consciousness, but also an expansion of laying down foundations for a more Aquarian way of being, which can be connected and hopefully more connected with self-responsibility, self-accountability, higher consciousness, the ability to synthesize information, community awareness. But we also saw aspects coming in, in December, 2020 where new ideas, new techniques, new technologies came in, but those new technologies didn't always consider the greater good or the community. And so we are now still working through what went on from that December time of 2020 until now. And so here we are, the sun and Pluto coming together and Pluto saying, okay, we learned a lot from that time. What needs transforming? What are we needing to use our energy for that's going to bring us a wider vision, an enriching vision of ourselves rather than a more controlled one that Saturn brought in? And, of course, I've got a long time to talk about this Pluto going into Aquarius. So we'll move on from that. But just be aware of this 20th, 21st being a really powerful time of Newness not only out there in the world, but within ourselves. This curiosity, this ability to say, actually, if I step back, what do I really know? Who am I? How do I bring together the information? Time and time again, I'm saying to people, do you realize how psychic you are? Nope, don't. So this is a time, I can't say strongly enough, to be watching for those synchronicities, synchronicities. To be asking yourselves, what do I know about this person? What do I know about this situation? What is my higher self trying to say to me? And I've spoken about this before. But this is really a time to say yes to our connection to our higher self, not I wonder if I am intuitive or I wonder if I have guides. Everybody's intuitive. Everybody has guides. Everybody has consciousness. And the question probably we need to ask, our curiosity is, why am I so reluctant to take these ideas on board? Why am I so reluctant to become the greater me? And we'll move now into a deeper part of this, which was a someone I was listening to, Michael Niels. I was talking, listening to talking to Del Bigtree. I'd also heard him speak to Naomi Wolf. And he is an expert on the hypocampus. And the hypercampus is named apparently either after a seahorse, because it looks like it, or after a, a Greek god. doesn't matter which. The fact of the matter is that this is a part of our brain connected to the limbic system, which we've always seen as the emotional center, connected to also the temporal lobes, or it lives in the temporal lobes. It's also connected to our memory centers. And it's really a very interesting part of our brain because it is able to achieve what we call adult neurogenesis. In other words, it can grow. And unlike a lot of the brain that and there are brain neurons with nerve cells that can't actually, grow this is a part of our brain that we can grow and it grows by us taking in experiences memories emotions from our day-to-day activities and defining them down as how did i grow what did this bring me how am i going to store this information so it's not just information as in reading a book etc it's how has your How have you been changed by the experiences of your day? And apparently, those experiences are downloaded into this library during our sleep state. And that ties in so beautifully with the idea that I was sharing last week about how when we sleep, our CSF, our cerebral spinal fluid, actually flows through our body as we breathe in our sleep state and it detoxifies our brain. So there's these amazing things that are happening during our sleep state that are both helping us to store healthy memories, as well as detoxify and take away anything that's not, no longer necessary. And what this doctor was talking about, and he would written a book on the whole subject of the hippocampus. Was real hippocampus, as some of you may say, um, is really about how, unfortunately, this inability to store new memories in a healthy way can ultimately lead to Alzheimer's. Now, it also can lead to other illnesses, if I've come to understand, such as epilepsy, or it's seen as a deficient or an atrophied hypocampus is seen in schizophrenia, depression, epilepsy, Alzheimer's. So some might say, well, it's a, an effect of that, or it's causing this, this atrophy of this area of the brain is, is caused by something else, and it just happens to affect the hypocampus. Or we could say that those illnesses came because of the atrophy. Okay. So most of the work is being done, of course, on Alzheimer's. And he started off by saying the importance of vitamin D, as we all learned during COVID, that vitamin D is essential to adapt the function of both our immune system, but also the healthiness of our brains, which, again, is part of our immune system. In other words, he perceived that Alzheimer's was due to an inflammatory reaction of the brain that causes damage, and that vitamin, good levels of vitamin D, reduce that inflammation, whether in the brain or in the body. So let's just look at that. It is the ability to have good levels. And, you know, people talk about what is a good level, people talk about maybe 30. Now, I'm just going to say nanograms per milliliter in your bloodstream. And anything less than that, you have a much higher instance of having Alzheimer's. You know, it's hard to know cause and effect, but it doesn't matter. Getting your vitamin D levels up is really important. And he was speaking about how many countries where as we know, sun has a big part to play in increasing our levels of vitamin D within our bloodstream. He said countries where it's very sunny, they had such high levels of vitamin D, over 100 in their bloodstream, that they saw very little COVID. So again, this is correlation between certainly being in the sun, being in sunlight, but also finding ways of increasing your vitamin D, maybe by supplementation, maybe by movement. doesn't matter, but increasing your vitamin D is certainly very good for your brain and your immune system. And, of course, this then tells us about what is bad for us. And unfortunately, I know as a doctor that the, the people I worked with as a general practitioner, the ones who had a good mental ability and a good physical ability were those who got out every day and walked in the sunlight and had didn't stay inside their home. They had a good protein diet. They had a diet of vitamin D that is often in the dairy products and they kept healthy. But, you know, the other part of them that kept them healthy was their curiosity. No, my uncle, who I always say wasn't on my blood side because we don't live that long, but he was 101. But whenever you spoke to him, he'd say, you know, I walked down to the end of my, just his pathway. And he said, oh, the, the buds had come out on the trees. This was a little earlier than before. Or the, the birds were nesting. It was lovely to see them. You know which one I saw? I saw this bird. He kept himself alert by constantly Viewing things, being excited by life, being curious by what had happened. And that's how I think we all want to be. But he also got out of the house every day. So this, keeping people in the homes, all the things that we know went on in COVID were very disastrous. Now, this doctor also spoke about how, unfortunately, there are aspects of the spike protein that also Diminish the ability for this part of the brain to recreate itself. And he's not saying it was the only problem, as I say, but it's certainly one of them. And as he and Dale Bigtree were talking, there was a very interesting part that I could understand. He said, you know, if you because your sleep is helping you to detoxify, take in what memories you want, let go of what you don't. If you go to bed on looking at your phone or watching the nightly news or doing something that's stressful, if you just do it once, that's okay. Your your brain can adapt. But if every night you go to bed with a stressful mind, then your brain never gets the chance to do this download. And what he said is what will happen is – Yes, information will be downloaded, but that because there's no new cells being made, it literally overwrites the previous messages. I thought that was fascinating. So without uh, an increase in hard or software that's available, what is it? Uh, you know, the data availability on your in your brain without having enough data for you to be able to constantly upgrade and store this information, if you're still working or you're having to work on a very small amount of data, that data has to override anything else that you've got. And that's why people start to forget. And he says it gets to a point where your ability to store data is so limited because you don't have enough updates and uh, enough data, you haven't paid for enough data. He said, eventually what happens is that it's only the last thing you're told that you can remember. And so he said, you get into this stage where you literally, if someone tells you something, especially if it's fear-driven, because we now know fear has a great part to play in our ability to have enough data. He says, if you listen to something that's fear-driven, that's the only thing you can actually tell anybody. And if anybody tells you something different, you go into panic mode you're triggered, you, you, you blow a gasket, whatever you want to say, because you can't deal with anybody else's information because this is the only information that's giving you a sense of security. And we're seeing that everywhere. And so when we look back at curiosity again, and I kind of came up with that, he was talking about how it's a survival mode, but it's not just survival. And I thought of the hunter-gatherers. You know, sometimes we, we laugh at the hunter-gatherers. Oh, they were just hunter-gatherers. We're much better. We were able to put down our roots. We weren't nomadic. We were rooted. And I thought that probably was the problem because the hunter-gathering energy is curiosity. Hunt, gather, embody, integrate, <laughs> grow, hunt. That's who we are. Being a hunter-gatherer and a nomad actually was a very healthy state being stuck in a little box in the same place the same same time etc there's no way that you're growing and that's why i'm saying thinking and acting outside the box be a hunter gatherer what am i hunting and gathering today because as he says the more we hunt and gather and learn the more we have resilience to be able to deal with stresses because we have more memory uh, to deal, to to reach on, oh, last time I did this, oh yeah, I remember last time I had this problem, yeah, I, I came through it because I did X, y, Z, but when we don't have a large enough database to go to, we panic if anything goes out of our control if we can't, if it 's not within our little box, we don 't have the memories. This really makes sense to me when I understand that there is a lot of trauma in the world and and horrendous trauma. But now that word trauma is being used for almost every event that happens. Oh, I was traumatized by that. Oh, I was triggered by that. And it's like, wow, where's your resilience? And I think it was back to the time during the Second World War where a lot of children were evacuated. And it wasn't always a good experience. I very rarely heard people talk about that was a traumatic experience because everybody was doing it. We saw very little cancer during you know, the wars because, yes, people were dying of other things, but, again, there was this community. There was this sense of coming together, the resilience, be strong, and we seem to have lost that. Now, the last thing I want is another war so we find resilience. But we better develop resilience in other ways. Playing it, you know, playing in sports, challenging ourselves in other ways, challenging ourselves even mentally. And so, really, this is not about just receiving information. And I often say, well, to myself, is this information at the end of this information, is this helping me grow? Not just that I have more information, but has this changed my consciousness? And I think there's far too much out there now where. Oh I heard this person speak and I want to say and how did it change you? Maybe I do say that how have you altered your thinking because of listening to this person's perspective or have you just stayed within your little box because that's what's safe. And this doctor again talked about how the grandmother energy which you know is a fascinating idea of epigenetics what happens in several generations back can influence the next generations going forward. But he said, the more the grandmother, and I'll use grandmother, grandfather, but the more the grandmother energy has been curious, has been out there in the world, the stronger the grandchildren are and the more resilient in the survival of the fittest. Whereas if a grandmother hasn't actually had that interaction or she herself has been locked away, if I may say, into a nursing home and has no contact with children, there's no resilience It's fascinating to recognize that our elders are the ones with the experiences, and they really were always the ones who were to teach the children not just information but to find resilience go out and have a practice, try this out. And nowadays, I think often there's so much fear about children getting hurt and then blaming the parents that the parents are sometimes resistant to saying, Try it out, I'll be here for you, but let's see what happens. So our hypercampus hyper needs us to store new information in it every night. And it requires this vitamin D to do this, but it also requires, as I said, this fourth phase water is another way coming through the, the cerebrospinal fluid. And it, it requires us to be curious, to have a healthy respect for other people's opinions, for change, to be able to bring ourselves into that awareness of I wonder what this person's thinking, and is their thinking something that's going to enhance my timeline, enhance who I am, or are they just making me more fearful and dragging me down? So I think that I will end on that with that cheerful note to say, try to. Enhance your vitamin D, either internally by taking it into your your food or a supplement, but get out in the sunshine. Move your body. When you go to sleep or before you go to sleep, have this quiet zone or something that isn't stressful. And find your way of each day, what have I learned? How have I grown? Where am I curious? Be like that child. Once again, I just say if you want to know more about me please do sign up onto my website but otherwise i delight in seeing you next week and enjoy this powerful conjunction between sun and pluto as we move into a whole new era of consciousness for humanity until next time bye-bye thanks for listening to the heart speak podcast with dr christine page Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel, on YouTube, and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeed.